right, this is the third episode of Ideas with Zip. I am your host, Zippy Zelenk. And today we are going to be transitioning to the Bhagavad Gita, a text from Hinduism, uh, which is apparently part of a book from the epic poem the Mahabharata. Uh, so it's a, it's a story about brothers in war. And so we, uh, I'm looking at the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita today called The Despondency of Arjuna. And just to give you context on like the what's happening, I guess, it is, there's a battle between Duryodhana and Siaja, Siana, I don't know how to pronounce these names, but, um, the, their god, the god in Hinduism, or this god, I'm not, I'm not really brushed up on Hinduism, to be honest, but again, I'm, the whole idea of this is, if I'm just, I'm acting as though I'm just picking up a text that has been recommended by, like, the world, I guess, as uh, profound literature, profound, like, theological and philosophical literature, and seeing what can be taken from it if you're reading that at, at face value, um, without doing all the research that a lot of the theologians have time to do. So the in in the Bhagavad Gita, uh the Lord is Sri Krishna and this is a battle between like like brothers like Duryodhana and Sajjana. And um this is a like almost a dialogue between Prince Arjuna who's talking to Krishna and He's at a battlefield, and the 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 Bhagavad Gita starts off with uh, the prince like being very positive about the battle and praising the the people who are taking part in the battle, uh, talking about like in in this battle are are heroes and great bowmen and all these great soldiers from all these different families and whatnot. And then before the battle starts, uh, Prince Arjuna says, Oh, oh, infallible Lord of the earth, please draw up my chariot betwixt the two armies so that I may observe those who fight on my side, those who must fight against me, and gaze over this array of soldiers, eager to please the sinful sons of I don't know how to pronounce these these names, so that's just going to be very, very painful f- for for me to say and for you guys to listen to. Um, so the like the god like Lord uh, Krishna uh, lifts him up into the in between the the battles, like in, in the middle of the battle, up in the sky, and when he when he's lifted up in in between the two uh camps 
and sees from above what's happening. He is like filled with like disgust and he's, he's really, uh, he really doesn't like, like what he sees. He says, uh, when I see all these, my own people thirsting for battle, my limbs fail me and my throat is parched. My body trembles and my hair stands on end. So it's like when, when he, like a metaphor that could be drawn here is like when he, when you look away from the battles of humanity and you look at it from afar, like you should be disgusted. Like he, he notices that there are family members on both sides of the battle that are still like hungry to kill each other. And he, he looks down and, and thinks like humanity has to be better than being like anxious and ready to, to kill their family members and their friends. And after he talks in about like how he's very disgusted about the, about what's about to take place, um, Prince Arjuna goes into some pretty interesting and very, very dense statements about, I guess, like the world and just his views on it. And it starts with, uh, like, it kind of preemptively goes, like, starts with, although these men, blinded by greed, see no guilt in destroying their kin or fighting against their friends, should we not, whose eyes are open, who consider it to be wrong to annihilate our house, turn away from so great a crime? Uh, so I guess it's right there. He's saying, are are we supposed to just not acknowledge that throughout these like wars and these battles, we are just killing those who we should not be killing? I guess like pretty much he's. Pretty much right there, he's denouncing, like, violence against one another. But then it gets into some more interesting statements. He says, The destruction of our kindred means the destruction of the traditions of our ancient lineage. And when these are lost, irreligion, like, irreligion, will overrun our homes. So... Something that can be taken there, I mean, I, I guess I'll read the, like, the rest of, like, the denseness. Um, when irreligion spreads, the women of the house begin to stray. When they lose their purity, adulteration of the stock follows. Promiscu- promiscuity ruins both the family and those who defile it, while the souls of our ancestors droop through the lack of funeral cakes and, abu- and ablutions. By the destruction of our lineage and the pollution of blood, ancient class traditions and family purity alike perish. The wise say, my lord, that they are forever lost whose ancient traditions are lost. Alas, it is strange that we should be willing to kill our own countrymen and commit a great sin in order to enjoy the pleasures of a kingdom. If, on the contrary, the sons of Dorish if the, on the contrary, if the sons of D, <laughs> with weapons in their hand, should slay me, unarmed and unresisting, surely that would be better for my welfare. And that is the end of 
the despondency of Arjuna, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So I kind of want to go back to the, the start of when this, when this gets dense. And I guess that's, uh, the destruction of our kindred means the destruction of traditions, of the traditions of our ancient lineage. And when these are lost, irreligion will overrun our homes. So when I read that statement, the first, like, what I think of is, I guess, when, if we kill off, like, through this violence, so many lives are lost. And when you lose a ton of lives, you lose a lot of life experience and a lot of wisdom that goes with that experience. And when you lose those, like the, those people who contain those very, very unique experiences, you lose a lot of the lessons that can be learned, um, through them. And so that's, that's what I think of when I think of, uh, the destruction of ancient traditions of our ancient lineage. It, like by traditions, I, I don't necessarily think of like religious traditions, but I think more of like foundational principle religion, like foundational principles, I guess. I mean, because at the end of the day, like that's kind of what religion is about is trying to establish foundational principles. And then the religion is kind of behind those foundational principles. So when we kill off our ancestors, we're killing off the foundation, like the almost the foundation of our foundational principles, if that makes sense. So that's how I kind of walk through that statement. And then it continues to say when irreligion spreads, the women of the house begin to stray. When they lose their purity, adulteration of the stock follows. So that kind of confuses me. Because even if you look at irreligion as the loss of religion, I mean, it's an interesting concept to put women at, I mean, women kind of are the center of the household, you know, like, I know today there's a lot of uh, debate on what the proper gender roles are, but women are known to be the homemaker, to be the ones who create and keep the home, you know, like they, they manage the children, uh, like traditionally speaking, I'm not, I'm not saying in every case, but like more or less they, they manage the children. They, they manage like the husband, uh, and they, they try and manage the relationship between the husband and the children. Like they have a lot to do with making sure the home is a, a proper home, like a good place to be. So what this is trying to say, I guess, is that when you, at least in my eyes, when you're, when you lose the foundational principles, then the foundational principles that the home is built on will begin to stray. Like the women of the house will begin to stray. 
when they lose their purity, adulteration of the stock follows. So I don't know what it means by when, like the they in that sentence is talking about women. So when women lose their purity, the adulteration or the corruption of the stock will follow. So, I mean, that kind of puts a big, big emphasis on women and almost how they conduct themselves. Like they are the the centerpiece of what our society will look like. And if if our women like I'm I'm not saying this is my view again. All I'm all I'm trying to do is read read this and try and rationalize what it's saying. But I believe that this is saying that when women when we lose our foundational principles our women will have a harder time taking care of the home. And then when when the home, I guess, starts to lose its purity, then the corruption of the rest of society is to follow. But then in the next like sentence, it talks about the promiscuity. Uh, promiscuity ruins both the family and those who defile it. I mean, I, I think that's a separate sentence. I don't think the two are are linked with the the purity of women and the promiscuity. I mean, you could say that that is part of it because when when you have like multiple sexual partners, you have less of a. I'm I'm only assuming because I've only had one partner. Um, but when you lose the when you lose the uh, i guess what's the word i'm looking for when when you when you don't have that special connection with just one person the ability to have a special connection with one person diminishes so when you so when the so promiscuity ruins both the family and those who defile it, while the souls of our ancestors droop through lack of funeral cakes and ablutions. So I had to look up what ablutions means, and ablutions means a washing or cleansing of the body, especially as a part of a religious rite. So, and I gotta, let me double check what what this means, what the religious rite means, because when I looked up the definition, it wasn't R-I-G-H-D, like a, a foundation, like a, a rite, a human rite, but it was R-I-T-E. And when I put that in, uh, it says the prescribed or customary form for conducting a religious or other solemn ceremony. All right, so it is a religious ceremony. So it's almost like a... Uh, like a, like almost like confession maybe in Christianity, like you're cleansing yourself of your sins. So maybe it's it's when you stop looking at yourself as like a maybe as like a soul, like a part of a 
Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. Like, when this one, this one confuses me. So, and again, I'm not trying to do too much research because I'm, I'm trying to look at this as though I'm someone who picks this up and is trying to see what this has to offer without putting too much effort into it. Maybe as uh, this podcast goes on, we can start doing more research on it. But to start, I'm trying to just look at these texts and see what they have to offer to the world, to the average person in the world. Um, so after after it talks about the promiscuity and it ruining the family and lack of funeral cakes and ablutions, I mean, I think that last part talks about, like, while the souls of our ancestors droop, I think it's if we don't properly respect, like, our elders and the experiences that they have and try and learn from them, then... That's, I mean, that's just bad, I guess. I mean, I guess that's what that's trying to say, I think. Or, like, maybe that happens in in tandem. Like, as, as promiscuity ruins the family, like, the family will also, like, it, it destroys the family. And since it's destroying the family, it's destroying the lineage of that family. Um, yeah, because the next one is by the destruction of our lineage and the pollution of blood. Ancient class traditions and family purity alike perish. So I don't know what it means by the pollution of blood. To be honest, that kind of gives me like a weird, like, anti, like, mixed race vibe, which I, I am not about. But like, again, I'm just reading, reading this and seeing what I think about it. Um, but it says ancient class traditions and family purity alike perish. I mean, that does kind of make sense. Like, because different different races have different traditions. I mean, like, there's the whole Japanese Japanese have a different culture than, like, the Chinese. Just, like, in their, they're both Asian, but they still have different cultures. And, um, I mean, Americans have different traditions than, like, Germans who have different traditions than French. Like... And even just within religions, I mean, there is, like, the Catholics have different traditions than, like, I don't know, like, when you, when you mix, when you mix different beliefs, the whole belief structure and traditions of that structure start, start to fall apart, I guess. I think that's, I think that's right, or what that is trying to say, or could say. Again, I'm not trying to say that this is exactly what it is. I'm just throwing things out there. The wise may say, or the wise say, my lord, that they are forever lost whose ancient traditions are lost. Now that makes sense. If, if you, if you lose what we were, then we will, if we, if you lose what we were and where we came from, then we are misguided then we should be and will be misguided on where we're going. That, I think, is true. And then it says, it, it kind of finishes up with saying, Alas, it is strange that we should be willing to kill our own countrymen 
and commit a great sin like murder in order to joy in order to enjoy the pleasures of a kingdom i mean it almost seems like they're like it's weird that we are willing to go to war in order to impose a certain type of society i mean that kind of makes sense i mean i'm very isolationist in my like foreign policy principles and like i guess it's like why why f- try and change someone else's culture when our own culture isn't like pristine yet you know like stop trying to fix the world when you still have to fix yourself almost so why are we willing to kill our own countrymen and commit a great sin in order to enjoy the pleasures of a kingdom i don't know that's i don't know that's interesting and then the last part is really really confusing it says if on the if on the contrary the sons of drish dashtra i guess with weapons in their hands should slay me unarmed and unresisting surely that would be better for my welfare i don't know like it, it kind of end it, it it says uh sanjaya said having spoken thus in the midst of armies arjuna sank on the seat of the chariot casting weight like this is like it's a poem so it's like these like italic this italicized text is kind of like almost stage directions and like uh narration of what's going on um it said that arjuna sank on the seat of the chariot casting away his bow and arrow heartbroken with grief um yeah so i uh i don't know what to think about this like first chapter of of the bhagavad gita the despondency of arjuna or of arjuna i mean it's it's pretty interesting i mean it it raises some interesting concepts some things that i think uh do make sense like the destruction of our kindred means the destruction of our traditions and ancient ancient lineage i think that obvi- like obviously killing each other when we kill each other we're going to lose experiences individual experiences that people could have learned from and it, i think it'd be better for us to learn from one another through talking rather than like like speak to one another and learn about each other's issues and maybe someone else might have the solution to my issue if if only i talked to them rather than fighting about what the correct answer is so i think i think that makes sense um well confuse one the the part that really confused me was talking about the irreligion um and talking about when irreligion spreads the women of the house begin to stray um i think it's interesting that they pointed women out i mean i do believe that i i think they are very very good at being homemakers I, I don't think it's impossible for a guy to do it but i do i do believe that uh they're exceptionally good at it women um but i i i don't fully follow when it says when they lose their purity 
adulteration of the stock follows. Because then it's like, all right, how do you define the purity of women? You know, like, I I wouldn't define the purity of women as just, like, their sexual purity. I would also think about, like, I don't know, like, how they act, like, what they what they think, like, things like that. Like, there's more to it than just that. Um, I I do think that promiscuity is a problem, especially today. Um, there's something different about just having that relationship, that type of relationship with just one person, knowing that you share it with just one person and no one else. That is something that I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, like I, I, I'm not trying to do too much research on this, which may, which may be bad. I don't know. But then again, like we always hear from all these people who do a ton of research and go from place to place trying to find what other people say about it and whatnot. Um, but if these texts are so foundational, I guess it should speak to everyone. Just my two cents. So uh, this has been like my my take on the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, next episode, I will do the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which talks about the philosophy of discrimination. I have not read it yet, but I'm very, very interested to see what it says. So this has been the uh, Ideas with Zip podcast. And until next time.